Hi right, everyone, welcome to our special quarantine episode of Afternoon Tea. Uh, so obviously things are kind of tough right now. Things are kind of weird. Um, I went outside earlier to go to my campus mailbox, and the entire way nice. there, and even on campus, it was just completely empty. It was like a, it was like a ghost town pretty much. Um, so nobody's outside. Everyone's staying in. Everyone's trying to practice social distancing to try and curb the spread of COVID-19. And it looks like things are probably going to get worse before it gets better. But that's how most things work, right? Things always get better. Um, it's kind of like the Philadelphia 76ers. You know, you get really bad at first, and then you get better. And then you just stay bad. <laughs> and then you get better. You got to trust the process. You got to trust the process. I'm talking to two turnover. This is uh, not a good, I don't know if this is a good analogy, though. Maybe but not I'm talking six. to two turnover uh, panelists, so I have to bring in some basketball right. analogies. The turnover basketball sports podcast. That <laughs> yeah, so while people are, you know, on self-quarantine um, and everyone is isolated from other people and stuck in our own homes, uh, we thought that this would be a good time to not only, one, bring our friends closer at a time of isolation, and two cure our own boredoms. Without further ado, let's introduce our panelists for today. Alex, you want, you want to go first? Let's go with name, location, and your favorite canned food. Cool. Uh, my name's Alex. Uh, I go by he, him. My location is currently in Chicago. And then favorite canned food. Um... I'm actually a big fan of a lot of the the canned soup category stuff. So a lot of like Campbell stuff is mm. pretty good. Um, what kind of Campbell soup? Uh, I mean, just the classics, honestly. Like the the chicken well, noodle is pretty good. Okay, what chicken noodle? The chicken noodle. The the what is it? Cream of potato. I, so I actually like the the clam chowder one, but I have Ooh. to like I have to like take a take a lactate pill before consuming that. <laughs> um, and then like the beef stew one or, or whatever that one is. Um, I don't know. There's a few. Beef yeah, stew. yeah they make some few ones worth a shout out. Yeah, they make some good products. You should sponsor us, Campbell Soup. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Uh, my name is Eric. I, I shared with uh, these fellows beforehand, but I'm, I'm very nervous to be on here. I've never been on a national podcast like this before, so hopefully it all goes well. Uh, my favorite canned product is SpaghettiOs, um, mm. but the ones with the meatballs that are the mystery meat. So mm. interesting. Yeah, I like to I like to have fun when I eat. So, have you been eating a lot of those <laughs> since the quarantine? SpaghettiOs? No. When I was in Kansas City, though, I would eat SpaghettiOs maybe like 
once a week. Nice. Just to, um, nice. Yeah, typically on a Sunday, just to start the week off with a bang, really. <laughs> you start the Sunday off with a bang, and then by <laughs> mid-afternoon, you crash. Yeah, I mean, it, it It was good in one way, and then in some respects, it was like my week was not going to get better than, <laughs> than SpaghettiOs for lunch and dinner, so... So, hope you're all doing fine in these very tough times. Um, Wait, Bing, what's your favorite soup? Oh, sorry. Can, can, can. I really can. like tuna. What? Because I like making um tuna fish sandwiches. So, just a little bit of tuna, canned tuna, a little bit of mayo. You talking about some Starkist? Corn. Starkist tuna? Uh, talk about chicken in the sea, man. Chicken in the sea. Oh, okay. That's, okay. That's the best one. That's gold. But you just add a little bit of tuna, mayo, add some corn, mix it all up, put it in the sandwich. Um, so how are you all holding up in this time of weird self-isolation? Yeah, kind of like going off what like Eric said, like I think there is like a certain amount of anxiety, especially with like just how many like not only like unknown variables there still are but even this frustration where like it's really hard to like figure out the facts or like the information like there's so many like conflicting reports there's so much like misinformation or like confusion being spread around I think it's like really hard to like ground myself during this time because of these things but like in terms of how I feel overall I feel like not too bad to be honest like I think there's that anxiety and obviously that frustration with how like we don't have the systems in place to take care of the people that need to be taken care of but I'm also in like a fairly privileged position where like a lot of my work is already remote anyway so I don't have to adjust too much for that and then like you know I have a pretty like strong uh community in which like you know I've I've, past few days there's been tons of people that just like reached out and like we've jumped on like calls we've just jumped on like um group chats we've like started doing like online projects together we've like discussed like ways to like live stream each other in and so like for me i'm like really excited at folks finding creative and new ways to stay connected while we're like physically apart Alex yeah built for this i mean i like, was i was <laughs> you i was born for this, for this. You, know how, uh, you know how people say that people aren't productive under socialism. They're only productive under capitalism. Yeah. But I feel like right now, everybody is isolated and everybody is self-quarantined, but people are still really productive, right? They're still making art. They're still making stories, making podcasts, and trying to build all these networks so people can be closer together, even though we're isolated. Right. It's like a it's like a different way of looking at productivity. It's like, yes, like we might not be like getting as much, you know, work done at work work but like all of a sudden i'm seeing this like amazing work of like people setting up mutual funds for each other um and i'm i'm like hearing people like uh trying to like learn recipes to make like um soap and like all these things together as well and like to figure out these like diy strategies to like create face masks and like to really like figure out ways to support each other that's really cool yeah for me um I think Alex hit the the nail on the head in that I'm in a very privileged position because I haven't really had to worry about, you know, losing work or, or losing pay, um, things like that. But it's, it's certainly been a scary time 
um, I think early on, uh, it was also interesting for me because I was like, okay, I'm going to be very up-to-date on what's going on here, um, current events-wise. And I thought I did a good job of that. Um, And then I started to realize that I'm doing a good job of it, but very much from like an economics um, finance kind of sense of it because that's that's my day-to-day life it's you know being understanding you know how the markets are working in relation to this or you know what sort of economic stimulus package uh, the government's passing but that's why you're a treasurer <laughs> that's why I'm the CFO um, <laughs> I haven't gotten paid yet by the way Bing but uh well none of us have yeah <laughs> um, but yeah I mean there's so many fronts of this that I also don't know about. So like I was talking to my cousin who, who's a doctor and the medical front is like also in complete disarray right now. Um, and I think like Alex said, it's just, it's a lot of information a lot of the time. And, um, it's hard to, it's hard to stay focused in and keyed in on, on what's going on and the facts and, um, I guess everything that's going on. Yeah, I mean, I agree. Um, like what you all both said earlier, there's a lot of unknown variables right now. We don't know how bad this thing is going to get or how long this thing is going to last. Um, so just because of that uncertainty, there's a lot of discomfort that comes with it. Um, but yeah, like you, like you both said already, I'm in a very privileged position. Um, so I've just been staying at home a lot doing my own thing, um, trying to get through my reading list, which has been um, uncleared since three years ago. So hopefully I get to clear some of these books by the end of the quarantine. What's that, What's at the top of your reading list? Uh, right now I have On Earth, We're Briefly Gorgeous by Ocean Vuong. Oh, uh, that's a good one. Yeah, I've been meaning to read oh, that. Oh, yeah, that's a great one. <laughs> What about Cat in the Hat? Is that second? Oh, yeah. Um, I think it's better than um, Lorex. <laughs> so how many books are you... Tr- is that your, your productivity goal to to read through? Yeah, I, have, I think I'm going to re- try to read through four books before. Are you a fast reader, Bing? Um, it depends on what I'm reading. Do you all have goals within this quarantine period? Yeah, I'm trying to. I'm trying to learn a skill. Um, so I've narrowed it down to. I've narrowed it down to film editing, which I don't know oh. anything about, or beat making, which I feel like would be fun just to dabble in. Um, or... Plus, you know music, right? You're pretty good at music, so I think. Uh, I'm good. okay. The third one is jazz improv, which is like to really, really learn it. Um, so I'm, I'm like, I, I want to dedicate this time to, to learn a skill, but I feel like there's a 60% chance that I'm just not going to do anything. (laughs) I just play video games. (laughs) That's fine too. That's That's fine too, too. because I feel like we're all, no, it's not okay right now. We're, we're, we're all a little bit scared right now. So we need to do things that for self care to make us more calm about the outside world. So don't be upset if you're not going to finish one of your goals. You guys are pushing me down. You just no. to stay where I am. <laughs> no. That's what's, not your, what's your goal, Alex? Are you eating 
I feel like you're eating a pudding cup or something. Sorry, I'm eating some food. raisins right now. <laughs> blue moon? Not proper podcast form. You're not drinking blue moon I'll out stop. of a thermos. I'm... All right, that's unnecessary. <laughs> I'm not. Um, I don't. No, I don't have a productivity goal in mind because I don't know where y'all are getting this free time from. <laughs> like, I feel just as busy, if not well, maybe... busier. Maybe you're so, just already productive. Yeah. Well, I'm trying to get to where you're where you're at. <laughs> no, I don't. I guess it's just like a lot of the things that I would regularly do like in person with people or like if it's like an event or something, they're just like being converted into something like virtual or digital. But like otherwise, like, yeah, I don't think my like if anything i feel like i have less time because one of the things with like being like cooped up is that for me it's like really hard to like focus on my work and so it takes me like longer like hour wise to get through work because i'm just like sitting here and like mm-hmm. i like zone out or like I'm, I'm just spending a lot of time like chatting with friends about how you know we're all feeling and like i end up like needing to spend like more hours per day to just like get through my work but um that makes sense. I think uh, last, late last year, I actually like brought. My parents have like like this keyboard, and I brought it to my apartment, but I haven't touched it. But uh, yeah, along the lines of music, it'd be cool to kind of pick that up. Oh, like a piano keyboard. Yes. Yeah. We'll start a virtual band. Yeah. We'll start a virtual band. I have my maracas okay. ready. <laughs> All right. <laughs> That's the, that, was my, that's, that was my mouth. That was that's the mouth. essential third third instrument we needed. How do we uh, how do we all know each other, besides like, you of I? You mean like, on a spiritual level? Like how do we um, how do we get to know each other? How do we become part of the same groups and be on the same podcasts? Uh, that's a that's a good question. What was our journey? Friend group. Yeah. Well, I feel like we when I first have... met Alex, Alex didn't like me. He. Um, I don't know why me. you always bring it up that way. Because <laughs> it's true. I never bring it up that it's way. Okay, I didn't really like me when when you first met me. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> um, so yeah, Alex didn't like me when we first met, and we were both task interns. Right. So um, we were both in the Taiwanese American Students Club <laughs> at at U of I. The premier student club at U of I. And then Jeez. the first time I met Bing, he was super drunk, and I thought he peed his pants. Um, you know, you always tell this story, but I, <laughs> I did not pee my pants. I, mean, I, I thought you peed your pants, but, I mean, I, I didn't test it. I didn't check. It's, it's very the, possible you could have. I remember, I like, pants. the first few times you told this story, you actually said that I peed in my pants. <laughs> I feel like I tend to stretch. The it's like that. It's like that game with telephone where you just keep exaggerating. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, I remember the first time I met Bing, and he pooped his pants. I'm pretty sure he wasn't even wearing pants. He just he was just pants. Uh, now, how did I meet? Yeah, Alex. I feel like it was at that burger place, Joe's. Joe's. We uh, yeah, when... that was the first time we met. Yeah. And so I think you were were you at U of I for a. Uh, specific reason yeah um because i was a transfer student so i was looking at apartments really late so i went in like june to 
Look at the apartment. Wait, I don't know the story. Like, like you guys got lunch just the two of you, or no? no. It was it was like all the taskers, and then me, Alan, Jason. Right. Jason, yay! And that was my first foray into the Taiwanese American Students Club, where right. I never left. Mm. Right. For better I guess or that's, worse. I guess that's why we've stayed friends, at least initially. Yeah. Because we were all in the same club. How did, how, how did I meet Eric? Don't you peed your remember. pants? Remember? Oh, okay, that was that your was pants. yeah, but I was I was really drunk, so I don't remember you. Yeah. Well, you peed your pants, and I said, "Okay, let me take my pants off and give Bing my pants because I'm a good guy." Um. So yeah, sure, sure. That's that's what happened. <laughs> Eric is such a good guy. I'm a good guy. They took off his. Small size pants. <laughs> I actually had to give perfectly. you two of my pants because you you didn't fit in one of my pants. So. Yeah, because I was uh, I was a little bit chubby back in the day. <laughs> uh, that's putting it lightly. Okay, so I'm working on a theory. Um, when you guys go to brunch, Ooh. right, and you're ordering a carb, do you order French toast? Waffles or pancakes? Ooh. My my theory is that it says something about you what you order. I order French toast personally. Exactly. If I'm getting one of the three. I'm and you're more of a, a waffles no. person. You're a waffles person. Yeah. Okay. I don't think I've ever gotten French toast. I feel like if God damn it, Alex. I feel like if <laughs> I'm not always that guy. What? The contrarian. <laughs> I feel like if I'm not too hungry, I get pancakes. If I'm hungry, I get waffles. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. That's interesting. We all, so, three of us all have different answers. Yeah. So what's your theory? I mean, I'm, I'm working on it. I, I have to, <laughs> my testing sample has to get bigger, but okay. My, with the, with the sample size of three, how do you, what's your, what's your current theory? Initially, my, my feeling is that waffles is, is a very basic breakfast option. Like, one, have you ever had a great What did you say? <laughs> like, like I could go to the U of I dining hall and make a fucking waffle with the waffle what maker. Is it? I don't... Um, so, yeah, my feeling is that waffles are... That's a no-go. Um, Eric, Eric's like, based on my sample size of one, which is big, <laughs> my conclusion is that waffles are basic. Um, so, yeah, that that's the waffle thing. Um <laughs> and that's that's the only working theory I have right now. I, I again wow. I haven't collected a large enough sample size. But... So you like French toast because it's not readily available? Yeah, I like I like some labor being put into my I don't understand what this like well, theory is. La- because, like, by pan- who? Pancakes are pretty easy to make too. Like are um, they not just like Yeah, I mean waffles it... but you don't press them? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> I mean honestly if you want pancakes? me to tell the truth. The, my secondary theory about pancakes is that it's also for basic people. All right, I, I, um, this running theory seems to just be that Eric has sophisticated eating habits and everyone else doesn't. So basically, you're both wrong. You, you answered the question wrong. I honestly don't even know how to make French toast, <laughs> but sometimes I imagine it's, too much it's a complex cinnamon. process. Right. Sometimes, sometimes they add too much cinnamon. It's probably super simple. Sometimes it's really eggy. I don't, I, I don't know if I believe in your theory, though. because yeah, it's, a, it's a work in theory. It's a work in progress. It's a work in progress. I feel like waffles take just as much as, much as time as French toast. 
Waffles, you literally put it in the machine and then you turn it after. Well, how do you make the batter that you put into the machine? You buy it. Duh. Well, then you could buy French toast mix and then put a bread in there. Alright, next question. <laughs> that was a warm up question. <laughs> no, let's keep debating on this. <laughs> how hard could it be to make French toast? Exactly, right? I feel like it's not hard. Alex, you've never even eaten French toast. How would you <laughs> oh know? My like, like, the toast is Excuse there. Excuse you, you, I've purchased, you know, those, like, frozen, but not just frozen French toast, but, like, the ones where you can, like, it's like you can dunk them into syrup because they're, like, Ooh. fries. Oh, okay. Yo, that's so good, the French toast sticks. Yeah. You those can get things. those at Burger King still. Yeah, those are, those are great. Okay. But well, those are rare. Those are rarely options I could choose at like a brunch diner or something. That's 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 what I mean. Um, but like a like a actual square French toast. <laughs> are you saying? Are you suggesting that the shape of the French toast has a? <laughs> yeah, a it's too boring. At least <laughs> okay. waffles they have. So you, you know, they could be square. They could be circle. They could be. They have grids on them, where you can put your syrup and it like. Uh. It performs a puddle. I do like the grids. Crevices. It's the grid system. It, it holds in the syrup, too. That's kind of... That's nice. Yeah, exactly. That's a good, they're uh, they're like pockets for your syrup. Bing, you strike me as the kind of person who, like, puts butter in every single square. I'm very meticulous about that. My question is, uh, in our current... Oh, this is a serious question. In our current... No, this could be a this could be a fun question too. In our current <coughs> self isolation period, uh-huh. how will people date? <laughs> how will dating evolve, and what are some potential ways to meet people? This could be a serious, or it could be a fun question. Like, what are some fun solutions, and then maybe what are like some like genuine answers to like meeting new people now that? Because I feel like. People are actually doing a pretty good job of like, oh, let me check in with my friends. Let's like set up a Skype call or a Google Hangout call. But like, how do we like meet new people? Yeah. Are you trying to meet someone, Alex? Is that why? I feel like you're asking the wrong people. I'm asking for a friend. (laughs) It's like my my dating life was not good when there was no coronavirus. (laughs) So, um. I don't know. That's a good question, Alex. I've been, I've been, I've been thinking about the same thing a little bit. Um, and my, the the temporary conclusion I'd come to was just no, no dating really. <laughs> or do you think like it will evolve where like instead of meeting at a coffee shop, y'all like meet over like a video call, or y'all y'all meet in like. Minecraft. But don't you need that physical <laughs> you touch? Mean, what? Don't you need yeah, that? Yeah, but I'm 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 just talking about what are, are like the best best case like alternatives. Um, yeah. There's different like forms a, of intimacy. A video yeah. simulation with a VR system and a tactile suit so you can Wait, feel did you everything. Say simulation or stimulation? Simulation. Okay. Well, I think that just requires more initial costs <laughs> there's some barriers to entry get Nancy Pelosi the funders for everyone get people dating again yeah I don't, I don't know Alex I, I feel like when you aren't dating some like when you're not on a, a date in person 
you miss out on so many like key physical like body language takeaways you know like um that i feel like you just can't replicate in a virtual date um so i don't know i I don't think it's something that i would personally want to do or be interested in trying um but maybe that's just me yeah i mean i'm just like from a practical standpoint like we don't you know know how long like these things will last and like it doesn't even have to be like oh romantic matching like even these other ways in which like we meet new friends of like casually meeting someone at like a event space or in a bar or like a public space or like having friends introduce friends like i'm thinking all of this like relationship building like drastically shifts in certain ways and i wonder like if there's just alternatives or like new ways in which we can still like meet new folks and be like oh we share a common interest let's like connect and spend more time together yeah i think we're still in the process of trying to figure out what that looks like because i don't think Mm -hmm. most of us know what to do right now so we just have to figure out ways to bring people closer I think we should just all hop on Minecraft and then uh, we just cool. build a virtual world. <laughs> we could have like a, we could build like a bar inside of Minecraft and people could just like go in and, and meet people. What would be your dream Minecraft society? My dream Minecraft society? This question's for you too, Eric. It's, you would just, it, it would be a lot of public spaces, a lot of like parks. Uh, there'd be a lot of like really neat ways of like moving around transportation without cars. Would everybody so, have universal income? Yeah, it, I mean, it'd be great. So uh, I'm excited. Um, yeah, I don't know, Alex. I think, I mean, you make a good point. Like, I feel like, especially this being the first week. Or full week for a lot of people that you know it's kind of like remote. Um, I definitely miss like just being around people, um, right? And I think that like even as I'm doing these calls with my coworkers, we all are sort of feeling that you know like you just miss physical connection. Um, so I'm I'm curious what people are gonna do uh, as this prolongs. Um, so your Minecraft society, sorry. Minecraft society. Um, in my Minecraft society, I'm six for ten. I'm I'm six for ten made out of blocks. Oh, so I, don't that's a, I don't think that's a I don't think that's a Minecraft option. Thing. I think everybody's the same height. Uh, that's true social. Okay, muscle. that's okay because then relatively, <laughs> I'm the same height as everyone. Nice. We're we're actually all six foot <laughs> three. Whatever like, height you are. I like not, the e- not equally thing. six foot. Some are more. A, some are more six foot. Some are more six foot than other people. <laughs> he's like a six foot one. Six. six he's like one. he's like really six feet. <laughs> some people are barely six feet. Damn. Yeah, that's where I come Bing in. He puts six foot one on his on his hinge profile. <laughs> I put six foot. <laughs> what do you mean, me? I'm really like a five eleven. <laughs> What's your what's your Minecraft society being? I feel like I've had a lot of conversations about this. Uh, my dream is to have just a small island where 
all of our friends are on that island just sharing our resources you know working together as a community um and just enjoying life without the perils of capitalism and uh racism sexism all of that see i like i like the idea of like us you know, either be in the same neighborhood or like same building, like us living or coexisting community. Or the same height. As the same height, but I don't know why you always have to put it on an island. Like that's <laughs> always the thing that you bring up. You're like, no matter whatever utopian <laughs> yeah. vision I dream up of, it's on an island. Why well, do you have I... to limit access to this? Um, yeah, first of all, I can't swim. Society. So, well, I'm, I'm thinking of. This, I'm stressed like, out already. I'm thinking How about big this... is this island? I'm thinking about this remote island where nobody's ever inhabited before. Um, it's like a... Tom I don't know. Is that kind like of a, a colonial like a mindset? Hanks, no, it's like a Tom Hanks <laughs> of a... castaway island where it's Dang, small. Dude, I didn't know you were a colonizer. <laughs> um, okay. It's a new formed island. Uh, volcano uh, came uh, erupted from under, underneath the ocean and then formed a new island. All right. Are there uh, pina coladas? Pina Unlimited coladas? for you, Eric. Okay, I'm in. I'm in. And they're all gonna be six foot tall. <laughs> six foot tall pina, pina coladas. coladas? Yeah. Every everything has to be six feet tall. <laughs> yep. So it's the same height as me. Yeah. Yep. Yes. All right, I'm in. <laughs> you could drink your own body weight of pina coladas. Okay. Yeah, I think like yeah, I've been like talking to a lot of friends about like. How can we reimagine these virtual communication tools to maybe like, be useful in different ways? Like, we're so used to, like, digital communication as, like, a productivity tool. Like, oh, let me, like, check in with my coworkers and give a status update or do a stand-up or, like, listen to a presentation. But, like, can we convert these spaces into alternative spaces to socialize or to meet people? And, like, we're already seeing this happen. Like, I'm seeing, like, folks, like, live stream their concerts or their film festivals and like people doing like experimental like dance parties where like they just have people like open up their webcams and like dance in their living rooms with their like their roommates and like they could see the dj and like i'm like super curious actually about like these alternative ways to socialize because i think they could actually be like very powerful ways to connect people even like beyond like whatever happens afterwards like these can be lasting tools to connect together communities that are like in different cities or like in, yeah. in different regions yeah yeah i think it'll bring closer <clears throat> bring people closer that live in they live in different parts of the world um, i also think it's a good way to soothe the anxieties of introverts who might not like crowds of people right. um, and it just gives them a way to connect with people easier because it's not as anxiety inducing yeah I think it's an interesting point because I feel like social media was created, or not social media, but technology was created to, to link people. And I guess social media too, yeah. But it's also recently gone in the way of, it's almost socially isolating in a way too. Like you can just really shut yourself out um, right, right. from the world and just look at people's Instagram feeds or their Snapchat stories. Um, so it's kind of getting back to the roots of, of why these things are here in the first place to connect us. Um. So yeah, interesting. Yeah. 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 Um. Yeah. I mean, I know. Like for me personally, 
uh, like this one, I had this trainer in Kansas City, um, and I've started seeing him post like these videos on, uh, like these live videos or just these tutorials on here's how you work out at home and stay fit when the gyms are closed. Um, so I don't know, it's just things like that that are helpful for people and. I don't know if he's going to start like a community of people that tune in and and you know do do a quick workout with him but things like that it's it's productive and, and helpful for sure. That's pretty cool. Yeah. We should, we should do we should provide some kind of service for people the three of us. How to make french toast. <laughs> Step 1 we have to figure out how to make it ourselves. <laughs> you just Where buy it, us? right? That's one. Just buy, so buy pre-made French toast. <laughs> Done. I mean, for waffles, you just buy it, right? True. <laughs> Go to the store. Oh well, I'm interested to hear your guys' thoughts on how Trump said today that uh, he referred to coronavirus as the Chinese virus. Just more fear mongering and trying to establish an enemy to this whole thing. I mean, that's how America functions, right? They always create. Uh, an enemy that's in opposition to America. So, like, centuries of yellow peril. It's all about hating the Chinese. And this is just another iteration of the yellow peril. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's yeah, it's kind of a bummer because, like, um, when the outbreak, like, started, like, China, China actually did a really good job of, like, taking this, like, very seriously from, like, the get-go and, like, putting things into lockdown and, like, Honestly, like, they basically bought the rest of the world, like, some time to, like, prepare, Mm -hmm. which, like, we didn't, or our governments didn't, but, uh, yeah, it's, like, unfortunate to, like, see that, you know, this is what the response is like, or this is how some people feel, Um, but, yeah, I think, at least, like, the folks I'm connected with and the folks I talk to, I think, you know... I'm optimistic that most of the people on the ground are, like, a bit more informed and, like, looking at this as, like, an opportunity to kind of, like, stand in solidarity versus a time to kind of um, revert to, like, a very selfish and, like, uh, self-perseverance mode. But uh, it's hard to say. Like, right now, yeah, my friend just sent me this article about, like, how... uh, gun shops are actually like extending their hours because so many people are going in to buy ammo by guns and so this is not directly your question about like the racism stuff but it is like this larger question of like yeah in times of like great unknown we have kind of as a society two choices like one is like understand how we're actually very much interconnected like the virus is like a perfect demonstration of just how tied together we are and we could either lean into that and, like, support each other or we could, like, revert to, you know, like, Trump's strategy of, like, us versus them, you know, the good good guys versus the bad guys. And, like, you hear these stories about how, like, the U.S. government is trying to, like, uh, patent, patent whatever solution or vaccine we find versus, like, other yeah. countries um, trying That's to really just share it. Um, and you, like, hear stories about how, like, you know, the China is sending out like Chinese doctors to like Iran and other places, and like Cuba is opening up their ports to take in cruise ships that have confirmed cases. And it's like exactly it doesn't it doesn't have to be like we don't have to respond to the unknown with like fear 
and we don't have to respond to the unknown by finding someone to blame. Right. Um, we can actually take this time to be like, this is an unfortunate event that's happening. Um, let's figure this out together. Yeah, and you know, like you said, Cuba and China have been labeled as the antithesis of the United States for decades now, and but we're seeing them offer so much assistance to the United States, and you know maybe it's time to rethink how we operate our international relations and diplomacy with them. Right. Um, but yeah, it is. It is like unfortunate to see and hear cases of like racism and xenophobia and like there's definitely times when like i see um because i think in like asian culture in general it's like much more common to wear like face masks and so like seeing other people be like scared when like asian folks have like face masks on here um do you are you are you guys experiencing racism within different Asian ethnicities too like oh yeah um, like I so I I've been going to this Korean um, small group and my parents were like when, when a lot of this first started it was like oh don't go to that there's there's Korean people there and I'm just like uh, okay sure um, so I'm feeling a lot of that too where it's like you know avoid these different ethnic groups and right know. yeah yeah yeah, um, uh, when this whole thing started, I saw a lot of tweets from Asian Americans saying that um, you shouldn't make fun of me for being Asian American because I'm Asian American. I'm not Asian. And that, that kind of bugged me and rubbed me off in a, in a, in a <laughs> right. weird way. Because, That's weird, too. Yeah. Right? Like, how, how does having a marker of being American make you, uh, m- make you uh, separate yourselves from your Asian ethnicity? Like just being from just because you're you were born in America doesn't mean that you know you should be disidentifying from Asian people, right? You should be you should be helping them out and trying to figure out how to you know solve all these issues together, right? Yeah, I mean I've I've definitely felt it a little bit. I think um, I think even at like work I will feel it sometimes. Like I remember, so I was in Taiwan about two months ago. And this was really when the outbreak had just started. Um, so, I mean, Taiwan hadn't really been affected. Uh, and then I came back and, you know, some of my coworkers, and a lot of them are just making jokes. But um, when you hear like, oh, you know, weren't you in China? It's like, no, man, I was in, I was in Taiwan. Um, and you got to say like 15 what's the, to 20 What's the joke, times. Eric? I mean, it's, it's not really a joke, I guess. Um, <laughs> I mean, from their perspective, it's a joke. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's just... Yeah, it's it's disheartening sometimes. Um, yeah, I I guess like it's worse coming from a white person too. Yeah, for sure. Um, There's that added layer of with, privilege so. where they where they think that they're not gonna get the the virus because they think they're invisible in, invincible. Right. Yeah. Yeah. How has um this whole self-quarantine affected your daily lives? Like, how, are you uh, working from home now? Nothing's changed. <laughs> no. um, I telling you, Alex is built for this. So, I am kind of built for this. <laughs> like, Yeah, so, like I mentioned, like, up top in the episode, like, 
I'm in a fairly privileged position that like my current job is like 100% remote anyways and so like that hasn't changed too much but like I think as like many people are discovering like a lot of times the shifts are like a lot of the little things like for me you know even though I was remote like I really enjoyed being able to like go to different coffee shops and like I live in a studio and so like I'm just like stuck in this one room and so like I can't even like get a change of scenery really and continue working um mm-hmm. and like I do think like I am pretty lucky because like I'm usually pretty good at like communicating via like digital like virtual tools anyways and a lot of my friends are like in different states or different countries and so like I'm like really used to like connecting via like uh video chats or calls or whatnot but like even so like it's definitely been like a shift like um I think about, like, the reason I picked living in a studio is because my daytime is constantly out and about and, like, interacting with people or just being in spaces around people. And, like, now I don't get that. And I think that's what's actually, like, affecting me the most. Like, just, like, walks, just, like, going to, like, a a live music show or, like, going to a museum where there's, like, other people around. Like, not even the Hangouts, because I think, like, we're doing, like, these podcasts and, like, we're doing intentional video calls. But, like, it's, like, this, like, secondary socialization of, like, being in crowds that I, like, really miss. Because, like, I'm a naturally introverted person. And so I think kind of blending into a larger crowd is something that I really enjoy as a way to, like, connect with people without having to, like, actively work on it. And, like, there's, like, really no, like virtual version of that yeah so I don't know that's been interesting what about you Eric um yeah I mean I'm mostly what Alex said I just kind of just miss crowds of people a little bit which I I never thought I'd ever say that (laughs) um it's it's um right now my whole family is working from home so we're all living in my my parents house me my brother my my dad and my mom and cookie uh and cookie can't forget cookie um so it's a little stressful it's like you know when when all three of us or all four of us are on calls it's it's like kind of hectic um and there's like no privacy so sort of just i don't know like i just miss a daily routine of oh i can go to the gym or i can leave the house or you know it's like the only outdoors time you get now is like maybe a walk outside um true but i think more importantly like alex said I'm very privileged, but it's interesting because I've always understood the concept of, you know, what is a recession or, you know, like what, like I understand that theoretical concept, but sort of seeing like my life being affected by this and my friends' lives and, you know, my friends are worried about their jobs and their work um, and their income and their businesses. Um, That's been very scary. Uh, And it's like a lot of, reading the news and you know just feeling fearful about where things are going to end up and how long this is going to go on for um so it's been interesting it's been interesting it's it's felt very negative for the past two weeks Mm. or so Mm. yeah like no good news really Mm. Um, so you've been you've been stuck in for the last two weeks um 
Yeah, here and there. I mean, I feel like it's irresponsible to go outside. Um, yeah. You're just endangering people. Um, I, I do want to... I want to figure out a way to help the older folks in my neighborhood, which... One, I just don't really know a lot of folks in my neighborhood, but, like, I know, like, there's a couple down the street that I know they're, like, elderly. I don't know if people are helping them out. Um, mm -hmm. So it's, like, figuring out how can, like Alex say, how can we band together as a community? Uh, yeah, I've been hearing a lot of sad stories about um, <coughs> older people trying to go to supermarkets and rolling down their windows and calling someone over to give them cash so they can buy groceries for the older mm -hmm. couple and that's just that's so sad right yeah um what um so i mean you guys have probably heard that they want to basically take a page out of andrew yang's book and send and i think hong kong did it recently too Oof. send every american a check um yeah. two thousand dollars was the last number i heard what would you guys do with your money well, we're going to talk about if it's a good idea first. I'm just taking the money. Uh, I'm not going to talk about the implications. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we can talk about I'm sure we can discuss the merits of, of the idea. Okay, so what well, would you do What would you do with that money? Is your first and question. Two, do you think it's a good idea? Okay, no. You can only one. take the money if you think it's a good idea. Otherwise, <laughs> on principle, you have to forfeit the money. Um, I mean, do you think it would be a bad idea, Bing? I'd be, I'm surprised if you would say that. My only qualm with it is that I think it's to make Republicans look good right now and make conservatives look good right now. And this is what me and Alex were talking about uh, a few days ago. Um, I think it's just a temporary uh, fix on a broken system. Like, what, what, is, what happens after um, this pandemic is over? Like, do we take away all their safety nets? Right. Like, what's going to happen afterwards? I feel like this sets a precedent that we only give safety nets and um, assistance only during times of crisis. But my second answer is I would use that two thousand dollars to um, maybe like buy a lot of waffles. Yeah, <laughs> buy a lot of waffles. To to reiterate, your feeling is that you don't like it because it sets a precedent of only in times of crisis should we have things like. Should people be entitled to? to I think I think it's just uh, like looking at the motivation behind mm -hmm. like why someone like Mitt Romney would warm up to the idea of like giving people money, and like there has to be some strings attached. And I think the strings attached here is like this is a time <laughs> when like a lot of things that we thought were like not possible are actually happening. So like you know they're like oh it's not possible for us to like release some of. The, the people in jail early and now they're doing it or like it's not possible to like slow down this industry so that we'll stop like polluting you know these rivers and it's like happening right now and so mm -hmm. in like great in times of like great change it's like an opportunity to really push that and be like well maybe things don't have to be this way and I think like the fear about just like throwing more cash at it or throwing more money at it is that it's a strategy so that eventually we can like go back to how things were but like how things were is like this very broken messed up system and so it's more like can't this be a time in which we like re-examine the actual systems in place and like fix them versus like 
creating these yeah. band-aids and then later on just like harming people again um it's my favorite my favorite eric chen quote is don't put a band-aid over a broken arm <laughs> when did you say that and what's the context uh i i, I remember uh, Eric telling me this uh, quote before. I don't remember what the context was, but we were playing remember... basketball and being broken down. I remember it stuck with me. And and like to be clear, um, that this isn't like yes. an outright like like this isn't outright saying like oh we shouldn't like figure out strategies to like give emer- emergency funds to folks that need it. I think it's just like I think we should be aware about the motivations at play and like if we take this money take it cautiously and buy a bunch of waffles. I, <laughs> right. I think, you know, <coughs> if we were to give everyone assistance money now, then we should just keep giving it until, well, forever. Yeah. Mm. But I, I don't yeah, think that's what's going to happen. I agree with your guys' larger point that, obviously, it's it, it's the Band-Aid on the broken arm. Um, it's... <laughs> There's larger systemic issues that that need to be reexamined, right? Like, if every time or not every time we enter a recession, that's that's tough to say. But like, if airlines have needed to be bailed out in the past decade, like twice, um, that's an issue, right? Um, but I, I think, you know, what is the reason? Why are they giving people two thousand dollars? It's just that people they need people to spend money right now. Um, I think people are scared to spend money, and that's affecting businesses because. They don't know where their income's coming from for the next couple months. People that are that might lose their jobs, um, so it's just a way to promote consumption. But why can't um, purchase of goods? Why can't they do that by like mm-hmm. canceling student loans? Like, wouldn't that give a boost to people be more willing to like spend money if like they don't have these burdens? Mm, canceling debt. Um... You're the resident because financial when you, here. I mean, when you cancel debt, one, you're you're targeting a subsection, right? So, like, okay, if I cancel debt, I'm canceling student loan debt. It, it's maybe like a certain percentage of the population, but it's not. If I cancel debt, I'm also not helping. I'm not stimulating the economy in, in a way, right? Like, um, if. You know, like if they cancel student loan debt, my parents aren't going to be spending money. They're they're not going to go right. out and buy lunch, maybe with right. the two thousand dollars that they might get. Um, they're going to buy waffles. But, but maybe this economy, maybe we don't want to stimulate the economy. Um, no, I mean, I I, <laughs> I think we need to stimulate the economy. But I, I agree with I, what you're saying. Like, it's a larger systemic issue, right? Like, I I guess like I'm. I'm kind of split on it because, like, my my reasoning is like, yeah, like basically, like especially for like small business owners, like they're in a really tight spot. Like their margins are always not very large, right? And so, like this, these closures can and ha- have already been like I've already heard cases of like uh, venue spaces or whatnot that are like closed permanently because they're just like yeah, without being able to be open for the rest of the month, there's just no way we can like make ends meet. And so, like, I agree with like. Yes, let's figure out ways to like support folks and like let's figure out like very broad ways to support as many folks as possible. But I am like very curious in terms of like what are alternative ways to like sustain each other. Like one very specific example is that um there's a very good chance like the movie industry just changes forever. 
because like uh, movie theaters were also were already not doing too well, and like they have to shut down now, mm-hmm. and so a lot of movie studios yeah. are like, maybe we should just start releasing them immediately online, and so what that what that signals to me is that maybe this is a time and great shift to like move away from like archaic systems of like huge deals with like movie theaters and then maybe as like i'm talking to like some independent filmmakers like can we like self-publish or can we like use different tactics to like uh publish our things independently and like find alternative ways to like get the word out and so but i mean alex do you think that's the space it's moving towards because i i feel like it's almost the opposite where it's like Yes, we don't have these giant film companies anymore, but it's now being just funneled into Netflix or HBO Now or Disney Plus, um, all which are owned by companies that are, you know, media right, conglomerates right. still. I mean, I, I, um, like my optimistic hope is that during this time we can like create new alternatives, basically, and not just have it switch hands to like another another like huge corporation or whatnot. I. Yeah. I mean, again, in theory, I agree with the both of you, um, but it's above my pay grade to figure that out. Uh, that's, I think it's like these are very complex. And like, what about what about when they like give money to like airlines and then they just spend it on like stock buybacks? Like, yeah. what about like um, the restaurant and hospitality workers? Eric, answer all my economic questions now. All yeah. right. You're our I mean, resident just... economics expert here. I, I, I mean, I'd say that there are specific guidelines as opposed to, okay, these, I'm going to put bailouts in quotes um, because I don't think this is a bailout the way that they bailed out banks in, in 08, 09. Um, but the money that they're giving, there's certain caveats of, you know, this can only go so much towards, um, what's the word, executive right. pay. Um I mean, I, I agree with you. Like, I'm almost arguing against myself because I, I agree with you to a lot of extent. Um, but I just, I don't, I don't know a realistic way. You know, the only way to really stimulate the economy now that is is these economic stimulus po- like packages that they're putting into the into but the economy. Maybe now is the time to think in unrealistic ways. But, like- do we need so an like, economy? My, my larger point is basically <laughs> like this coronavirus is making us think in ways that we've never thought about before. Like every single week, things are happening. But from, how how often do these? But how often do these coronavirus? They don't. They don't happen often. But what I mean is like it means that things that we think have to be this way doesn't necessarily have to be this way, and we could push that in whatever direction we want. And so like we could we could push that in directions where it's like let's try to push ourselves back into how things were. Or we can push ourselves into directions where it's like, actually, maybe we don't need like, you know, landlord to, landlords to have this much power. Like maybe we shouldn't be evicting people, and like those could be temporary solutions we ha- we enact now that become permanent realities in the future, right? And I think that applies for like a lot of different things. And so that's that's just like my larger point, which is just like when. We're trying to solve some of the problems we're feeling now. Like, are we solving it in order to get back to where we were before? Or can we solve it, but in ways in which we are creating a better future? Right. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Um, I just, I don't know what those That's fair. look yeah. like. Um, yeah. You know, I, I think they're very, it's very complex. You know, like, 
to say, yeah, let's yeah. I, I of course I agree that people shouldn't get evicted from their apartments if they can't pay rent. Um, yeah, but I just I don't know what that would. And I'm like. not asking you for it yeah. for the for the answer. Yeah, right. I'm just like right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I agree. It's it's time. Like, it's like we should be. Yeah, let's think about why. Like, yeah, let's think about like when we're giving when these politicians are like, hey, let's give everyone two thousand dollars. Like, is the intention so that we can as quickly as possible get back to a broken system that we had before, or can it be? Can like, is this funds to really rethink how this system could actually be? I mean, I I, w- I know what I want the answer to be, but. The answer is probably just to get back to the way things were, right. which is what I mean. Which is what the people in power want, right? Because like the things that yeah. were before is like great for the top one percent, but not as great for everyone else, and like awful for. Like, so, yeah. so if the government, so if if, and I'm just taking this yeah. as an example, um, if they give out two thousand dollars and it works really well, it works out better than right. anybody thinks. Um, and then people say, politicians and the the, the citizens say, this yeah. is what we want. Uh, we want universal yeah. basic income. That would be a a, pro, a positive from your your guys' point of view. That's something that becomes enacted within. Uh, I think. Well, I mean, there's. I think there's more to than just a flat out two thousand dollar cash per month. There's still gotta be because more, we we would need that um, to come in conjunction with like like rent like making sure that rent doesn't just inflate. And like you know, there's, there's all these other things. Right, but yeah, yeah. I'm just asking you at a baseline. It's a good thing, though. It could be. It, it could be. Sure. If this works but well. But like for Andrew Yang's plan, Andrew Yang's plan was flawed because it meant that you have to decline every single other option, um, or right. uh, every single other assistance available. But do you think Andrew Yang is currently like that... punching in the air? Like, damn, I've been saying this. What the hell? Well, I mean, <laughs> the narrative is there. The narrative right. is that. Andrew Yang right. came up with this, um, this system and this. Policy. I think. All right, here's here's best case scenario. We temporarily have this relief program in which, like, the government gives people funds or, or something. Hopefully, no strings attached. I think the optimistic viewpoint is that it makes people rethink. Like, actually, like, do we have to like work the way we work right now? Right. Like, yeah, people yeah. are supported. Maybe it means, like, especially if folks have, you know, um, various different issues or, or complex situations, like, I can be supported. I don't have to be scared that I'll run out of money. I think, like, this can open up new conversations about, like, actually, it doesn't make sense that uh, the amount of money I make, uh, like, I need a certain amount in order to, like, have housing or to have health care or, or all these other things. And so I think it could snowball into this larger thing. Um, I'm afraid that that's probably not going to be like like I think the Republicans like uh, like viewpoint is that they get the economy back on track and then they're like actually you know that was just a temporary thing because it was extraordinary circumstances. Now we're back to business mm-hmm. as usual. Um, but it is an opportunity to like really push it. So I don't know. Yeah, I agree. It is like yeah, no, I agree. This I agree is com- these are completely new policies, and we get to imagine and see what society is going to be like after the implementation right. of these policies. So maybe people will like it, and if people like it, I think people will keep right. fighting. I want two thousand dollars and like fifty waffles. Yeah, I mean, I think thing. two of 
the U.S.'s most effective programs, or I say effective with air quotes, but Social Security and Medicare, those are both similar. Right. Programs. Why don't we just do more of that? Yeah, for for over 65 year olds. As someone that's never, never taken a politics class or economics class, why, why don't we just do more of that stuff? Well, my friend Alex would say it's it's uh, the smartest person you know. Broken. I, I mean, it's uh, but like social it's so, a socialist social security a capitalist. It, it is true, but like social security is a huge band aid. <laughs> like it'll make me feel a lot better yeah. with my broken arm. But yeah, it does not. It's still like yeah, you're right. Like I will still get. It's, it's like, like a, a band aid with. It's more a like power a talent, right? I will still get the broken arm. Right. The ultimate goal is to like create a system where I don't get a broken arm. Yeah, I mean, it's... it's well, why don't we just the take away that money that's going towards the military? I'm that's a lot that. of money. I'm down. Or border control, or immigration, or policing. Well, we spell more on we spend more on incarceration than, like, all the other countries combined or something. Yeah. Right. That's crazy. And it's I feel awful. Like things going on. Um, I feel like small things do, like... Having an ounce of weed, which is which is why like really it's like almost comical the way that people like fight back and forth about like oh x amount on this stuff we can't spend like if we spend money on this stuff that means we have to like take away this program and it's like there's these just gigantic like black voids that suck up like trillions of dollars that go into like the military and go into the prison complex that that that's just like yeah. untouchable or like we just never get to like access they're just like assumed like these are funds we have to allocate um yeah and so mm. ultimately yes i will take a thousand dollars i will take if if government <laughs> gives me money i will take it but will... what would you buy with your thousand dollars damn that's a good question Well, there you have it, our special coronavirus episode of Afternoon Tea. Please find us at Afternoon Tea under Common Folk on your favorite podcast platforms and follow us on Instagram and Facebook.